here we are with Jack West. How are you doing, my man? I'm good, mate. You're good. I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, fella. Not too bad. How are you finding quarantine? How's your training going? It, yeah, do you know what? It, at the start, I was sort of um, optimistic about it all, and uh, I was hopeful. Uh, I'm still training. Like I do the um, the cards with John, JB, and all that sort of every day. So I've been doing that. Um, but I just, I want it to be over. I want to get back in the gym. I miss everyone. I miss faces. I miss faces. So, yeah, yeah, it's getting to me now. It's getting to me now. I think this is where it's really highlighted. The fact fighting is always considered quite um, a solitary sport. It's a very independent sport, but it really is when you think about the camaraderie and the sort of team sort of atmosphere. Like, if you take the cards, for example, for anyone listening who doesn't, doesn't know what we're on about, it's based like a random workout based on a deck of cards. It's all different exercises each whatever it is and when you yeah. do it as a group because the muay thai guys i don't do it all the time so i'm not gonna let myself in this because i wouldn't <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to anyone yeah so you do it as a big group and it's horrible for everyone but it's that kind of camaraderie of you doing it together you're in the same boat and to do, that, do it on your own it must be much harder without the whole crowd to sort of you know with you sort of thing i uh, yeah no believe me i've still got a crowd i've got my my girlfriend watching i know my mum watching and then by the end of it the audience. sweaty heat and they're like all oh, get away from me so yeah but no, i love just, it so you just slide around the house yeah exactly exactly so talk to me about how you got into the martial arts in the first place so uh it was when i was about 14 years old um after cherry picking at different sports like tried my hand at football basketball rugby um all them kinds of sports tried them all out and nothing was really sticking with me i couldn't really find the passion and the love like it would be there briefly with football because all my friends play it and everything like that so you, you get into things because of your friends but um I, there was just something missing uh and then when i took up rugby it was probably i still love playing rugby tonight to the to this day sort of thing but um it was the contact and you know that that feel of um I, I could hold my own against these big lads running at me at god knows what speeds and knocking me down and just getting back up and um but again it, it wasn't enough um so then i uh that there's a, a local boxing club i can't boxing in northampton um yeah around about 14 years old me and a few friends started it and um of course, we weren't rushed into anything. It was just hitting pads, hitting bags sort of thing. Um, and then when we started to spar briefly, um, I loved it. I loved it. It's just, it was something about proving yourself. Or well, to me at the start, it was about proving myself, um, showing to people that, you know, I, um, despite any condition, you can, you can do it sort of thing. Um, and then this was just before Christmas break sort of thing. So we... As you know, teenagers do. We lose interest, sort of thing. We couldn't, we didn't have the discipline back then to get back into it. Um, so I stopped because no one else wanted to start with me. And mate, at that age, I wasn't confident enough to do something like that on my own. So I stopped it. Um, and then when I was, yeah, just after, I'd say it was a, a good few months after, I started talking to one of my friends, um, and his dad trained at Rough and Ready. And it was at the start, it was just to get back into boxing. And I was like, yeah, I love it. I love it. And I, you know, start training again with a few friends, other friends. Um, and then 
all, one day he, you know, midway through training, uh, Jem stops and he's just like, you know, we should do some groundwork. And I was like, groundwork? What, you know, what's this sort of thing? And then uh, I was introduced to uh, the, the wonderful world of mixed martial arts as a whole. Uh, so, you know, yeah, that's where it all started. So, is that quite a lot to dissect from this? Because quite a bit of that you were saying about trying to prove something. Now, when you say trying yeah. to prove something, so to people listening and also for me as well, give us a bit more context on the condition you've got and what you've been told your limitations are in that yeah. sense. Yes, yes. So I've got a right-side cerebral palsy hemiplegia. Um, it's, it's, it, in simple terms, it restricts the movement in my right arm and leg. Restricted movement. Um, and, you know, I was always told that, you know, you're not going to be able to do certain things and all this throughout my life. You know, school time, it was, you know, oh, we can't take Jackman trips because, you know, we haven't got the, the staff. We don't, not, you know, it's going to be a lot of walking sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it was really tough sort of growing up cause you're not given a chance. You, you're not really given a chance with it sort of thing. So, um, Dan, I've gone completely off topic here. No, it's not a problem and, at all. Uh, it's, it's a podcast. It's not an interview. Take your time just to sort of talk about whatever. Don't worry yeah. about anything. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, no, it affects my right arm and, and right leg sort of thing. Uh, they really didn't like me doing much contact when I was young. Um, because of the fear of me getting sort of injured sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, as you get older, sort of thing, you're given more opportunity. Um, it was more of a case of, you know, I'm going to do this anyway and I'm going to just, I'm not going to care about what anyone says. I'm going to give it my all sort of thing. And Yeah. I think this is where it gets quite a, an interesting issue, especially with the whole spectrum of disability as to where your limits really are versus a sort of, <laughs> you know, general spread of, okay, you have this condition, this means you can't do that. Whereas case by case, like my brother was severely disabled with cerebral palsy and he's in a very different condition to what you're in. And I would class you two having the same thing. Whereas on face value, yeah. you hear cerebral palsy, you think it's just that in a nutshell. And this is, yeah, where, and this exactly. is where it gets, because this is where the real grey area is. Because people telling you you can't do things in the place it's coming from, I don't think it's always yeah. necessarily come from a place of doubt or whatever else. I think it's from a general place of well-being. And it's very interesting the way you've dealt with that. And instead of accepting that as this is the path for me, you've sort of resisted it saying, okay, I'm not, I appreciate your concern, but in this kind of, I don't know, it's interesting kind of ide ideology no, of it. No, definitely. And the, the, one of the main things with this condition and everything like this, and I, I hate, uh, as of late, calling it a disability, but you've got to stop looking at something as, you know, it's not disabling me in any way, you know, especially it, me in something like specifically talking about me it's it's not it's not limiting me in any way sort of thing and you the way i look at it and the way i started to sort of attack it if you will um was you know it, look at it's a gift dan it's a gift look at this man i'm as happy as anything you know i've met all these people i've met you i've met the whole everyone at the gym you know it's, it's opened up so many doors uh and you know i've just you can't dwell on the things that you haven't got. It's just as plain as that, you know. You got to embrace everything, and once you do embrace, I I love myself. I love my condition, and I love what it's done for me. As a big grand scheme, yeah, I've struggled. Don't get me wrong. I think you know, I struggle. I still struggle, to, you know, with certain things. I'm rubbish at you know uh, tying my laces. 
all little things, doing zips, mate. It, I struggled, but you know, yeah, Velcro's it, where I it's don't... at. Don't worry, no, no anyone tells you Velcro's where it's at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. Struggle comes with everything, but I genuinely do think it was a, it's a gift in many forms. Well, that is a really interesting sort of perspective on the whole thing. Again, this kind of people always think of don't think about you haven't gotten like a materialistic sense of thing. Oh, don't worry about what they've got, the cars, the clothes, and all this kind of stuff. But you're taking it down to a much more. Have you heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? It's sort of what is actually important, where it's like your shelter, your well-being, and then it's like the accessory stuff. You sort of heard it like the business and stuff. Yeah, 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 vaguely, yeah. Yeah, that kind of pyramid sort of thing. Whereas people normally sit at quite a sort of top surface level of you know the superficial things. Whereas you're really hammering home that same principle from a much more core principle of you know yes i haven't got the same range of options but i'm still grateful for what i've got still enjoying what i've got and if anyone who's spar with you they know it doesn't get in the way because you beat the shit i mean enough times to know it doesn't get in the way <laughs> so there's a few things i wanted to really get into because initially it was mma because again the boxing in itself what was your reason to do something different as such, if you see what I mean? I, I, re I just, like this, like I was saying with the contact thing, uh, there's something about it. I just love getting stuck in. Like, we, sparring even now sort of thing, any contact, I just love getting stuck in. Testosterone's in the air and everything like that. I want to be the best. And, you know, I want to be the last one standing in, in some cases, well, in every case. So, you know, um, it, it was really the contact and just that feeling of, oh, man, yeah, like, we're, all, we're beating each other up, but then at the end, we're laughing, you know? We're laughing, we're hugging, we're, you know, we're helping each other up sort of thing. And it was, like you said, although it, we are, we fight, you know, one-on-one -on -one sort of thing, you, you owe it to the people around you. And, yeah, it, 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 was some, it was like, you know, the intensity and everything like that just brought it all together, so I loved it. I still love it. Okay. Well, this is it. You can definitely see your passion when I see it at Thai boxing classes. You're always got a smile on your face. You're always enjoying the process and all this kind of thing. And it's interesting that once you've almost, at what point do you think you've proved it to yourself that you are capable of doing it? What was your sort of, you know, milestone of that? Do you reckon? Uh, for me, it was um my, my very first interclub, one of my very first interclubs. Um, I. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> you put me on hold. Sorry, man. Sorry. It's all good. Uh, yeah, so uh, it was one of my very first interclubs. Basically, uh, I was training for, I think, about a year and a bit with Danny Batten and everyone at BST. For, you know, and it was the first interclub at Immortal in, in Milton Keynes. And um, I was so excited, but I was so scared at the same time. Uh, my mum was there. My sister was there. And... Uh, yeah, they, these immortal interclubs, they had a big turnout. They really did. And so, like, it, I was fighting in front of the mini crowd. Um, it wasn't any headshots, but, uh, you know, we, we had a good old scrap, and then we both got our hands raised at the end. And, it, yeah, it was just that. It was, you know, we all fight with the hand raised sort of thing. And then in the club, there's no winners, but, you know, we both put on a really good performance sort of thing. And, yeah, that, that was – and then – after that, it was just 
being like I said, I always bring it back to this bit. The people around you that just I'm like I don't need to prove myself to anyone, especially these guys. We we come here, we we hang out, we beat each other up, we go home, and that 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 to me to this to this day it's it's enough. You know I, I'm I'm okay. It just sounds a bit do laddy when we're in lockdown. I can't do it. <laughs> well, again this. A few things to sort of break down with this. So anyone listening who hasn't been to an interclub, on face value, it sounds like, you know, between clubs, sort of a, an entry point into competition. But who hasn't been to the Immortal and the original BST interclubs, they weren't like that. <laughs> they were basically fights with pads. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. closer to a yeah. fight you're never going to have before an actual fight. <laughs> so to that sort of extreme in itself, it's basically getting thrown in the deep end almost. And I like yeah. how... One thing I really took from seeing you like train the way you are now is that after proving that, you st- stick with it regardless after that because you've got that genuine passion for it. Because you know how some people have a chip on their shoulder of, oh, I need to prove something to everyone. Whereas you can tell who does it because they enjoy it. You can- I think that's what gives you a lot more substance in your training now is that you've got over yeah. that hurdle. You've got past that experience yeah. and now you've grown from it. Definitely. I mean, when I, when I was doing the MMA side of things, all it was when I was at a young age, like every teenager, don't get me wrong, you want to be the best. Like, I, I was going to be in the UFC, I was going to be whoever was going to be put in front of me, and I was going to have my hand raised, I'm going to show everyone. But now it, it, it's not like that sort of thing, and I do it for my, I do, you know, I'm, I'm just happy with, and content with how everything gets. It's not. It's not a case of what you say. I'm, I'm proving myself to everyone. It's not like that anymore. It's not like that anymore. I've grown. I've, I feel like I've matured a lot over the last couple of years. To be fair. So. Well, that is it. So, how have you found maintaining this sort of consistent sort of martial arts training alongside, like you know, just growing up anyway? Because obviously, you get distractions. You get different kinds of things and what in life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not a, the the perfect fit train you know uh, you know, practice practitioner so I'm, I'm not always constantly killing myself like most of the guys in the gym sort of thing i have sort of lost motivation but i've never ever quit i, I promise you i've always turned up to training I, I just i've always at least tried to turn up to training sort of thing and you have to oh damn i'm losing myself i'm losing it Sorry, man. Don't apologise, man. Don't apologise at all. This is really interesting. This is why I want to get you on. And this is why I want you yeah. to be honest as you can with this kind of stuff. Because this is what yeah. people are inspired by I, you for. Is honesty. I kind of... Yeah. I've never... I don't quit. I've never quit. And the reason I keep coming back is I th- it's just a sense of community that you get with everything. I, I really I really want to fight. Like, I, you know... I, by all means, man, I want to be the best I can be. I want to be having my hand raised all the time. But it's the people who, who help me that makes it all worth and makes me keep coming back. That's the thing for me, so, you know, at this age sort of thing. It's just seeing everyone, seeing all the familiar faces, like that. It's interesting how important camaraderie is as well. Because on top of that, normally when people are disciplined throughout their sort of teenage years into this sort of young adulthood, is normally because of that drive to compete specifically. Like, oh, if I don't, you know, have my chicken and rice and go to bed by nine, I'm not going to become a world champion. 
Whereas if your yeah. if your main motivation is the camaraderie and the sort of team aspect of it, then there's almost that same attempt. I don't, I don't know, like replicating other sort of social circles. If you see what I mean, like going out with your mates, being part of that team in that in- instance. So it's interesting how much how much value it has really to you in your sort of life and the well-being. So one thing I wanted to really touch on was your transition from MMA into Thai boxing. What, how was your MMA, your, your time spent doing yes. MMA? How come did you got into that then? Uh, I, I will always have a passion for MMA. Like I, I really do. Like, I love, I love everything there is to do with that. And I, you know, I, I utmost respect to everyone who trains it and can stick at it sort of thing. I grew frustrated, I guess, in myself, uh, sort of, with, with sort of the, the ground aspect and the jujitsu aspect of everything, I, I I've always felt like my my, my strongest asset in, ter- in terms of me being a fighter has been my striking, despite my my my, my condition sort of thing. Um, and it's with that being said, though, you got me now. You got me thinking. You got me doing some soul searching there because <laughs> I was never never really the worst on the ground. I guess it was my attitude. At a young age, I just wanted to stand up and be able to prove myself, because I knew that if I, if I, if I got on the ground, again, this is just you know, I should have trained harder. So I knew that if we got to the ground, I would have been safe. Sort of thing. But I always felt like if I got to the ground, man, it's it, it's like a seventy thirty, man. I've got one one side down, te- you know, technically, sort of, you know, strength wise for sure, for sure at least, uh, and you know. My, my mobility is not really there in terms of you know arm bars. I tap straight away. There's no there's no fight. So I, I I'm a better striker. I love striking as well. So the, primarily this is the thing. I didn't want to keep getting told off for not necessarily you know training hard enough on the ground and then you know just keeping it standing when it comes to the sparring sort of thing. Um, again, I, I I I'm aware of why you'd be told you know you need to sort of try and mix everything up. You know I, I understand that. And I, I always feel like I, eventually I, I do want to start trying to come back to MMA. It's just a, it's just a bite the bullet sort of thing, go back in. But, you know, you guys are all killers now. So, you know, I, I wouldn't stand a chance. I wouldn't stand a chance. Well, this is where it gets interesting, that response, because it's almost like you're trying to explain to your coach why you haven't been there, like you're getting told off of missing school almost. Because I asked, yeah. I asked you purely on your own interest and why that could have drifted, but the whole of that was, oh, I, I'm going to say this, but don't worry, because you can say this. It's almost, I don't know. Did you actually like doing MMA in its own right, or did you feel like it was the, I don't know, the, the, I guess, the thing? I guess, yeah, I guess when I, when I think about it sort of thing, like, you know, I was training sort of thing, and then I, I see, you obviously you watch every UFC event, um, and I, I loved the idea. Don't get me, and I think at that age it was just a case of realizing, you know, how, how, I've, mate. Take your time. Got, Take your time. There's no problem at all. Be as honest as whatever you want. There's, there's no pressure. No, no, of course, of course. So, take your time. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, can I do it with the camera off, Dan? Yeah, it's fine, man. We it's audio only anyway, so I can just see you. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I'm just going red, and I feel like my, I'm going really red. Sorry, and I know this is live, so I apologise. You're gonna have to edit this out, so I apologise. 
it's not is that all right it's not a problem at all everything's perfectly fine mate take the camera off makes you feel more comfortable i mean like i said yeah. we're only recording the audio anyway this is just so i can see your pretty face uh, there, uh if it's just me and you man all right yeah no nah, that's i'm gonna i'm gonna get back to this dan I'm take, take your time okay just take a breath it's all good so the question i was asking was about your mma training because the way you explained that was it was almost you were trying to justify why you haven't been but not so much that you wanted to be there in the first place don't worry about about having to answer to anyone with this this is more just my own curiosity of your passions as such you see what i mean i guess when i was when i was young even even now i'm always going to talk a big game i do i think i'm really good and i think you know i am i am capable of reaching the hype sort of thing of being world champion in 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 whatever i throw myself at you know whether that be mma or or k1 tie boxing which is you know my main passion um but as a kid i get when i was younger like i say when i did back in my mma days i was 16 17 18 those were the years sort of thing and i think from when i first started i spoke such a big game and all this and i'm i'm going to be the best and but then my actions wouldn't reflect that. Hmm. So in turn, I, in turn, but I think because I knew I was letting myself down, I didn't want to turn up and and just have that, you know, reinforced and, and hmm, a confirmation. pressured on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I guess I walked away from it thinking, oh, fuck that up. Oh, sorry. You can, know, you, can swear. Swear or not. you can fucking swear, mate. No, so, yeah, don't you worry. But yeah, <laughs> I'm focus on something that I I think I could do more so. In, you know, achieve more in that in that area sort of thing, and that's why I I did do transition sort of thing. Yeah. I think it is really interesting as well because the way you've described that then it sounds you know when you haven't done your running or something and a coach is sort of saying okay it's going to be a hard session you know you're going to get caught out because you haven't done your running it's a bit like that uh, but Always also I can't help but feel yeah. as well because you've already proven yourself and had that chip on your shoulder removed from having that in the club it almost takes the fire out of the MMA as such because okay you then your why sort of changes from why am I doing MMA to okay I had to prove something. I already proved something. What am I here for? Then if you're, you know, stressing yourself out about making sure you're doing everything and then reaching a certain standard, it's almost that, okay, the why isn't there as much because the why has now changed from to prove something to I've already proved it to why am I doing that? And then then you decide, okay, what do I actually like doing? And I think when I when I first started, especially with the MMA with the BST, with under BST sort of thing, I started with, two, three friends that, that I used to go to school with, that we all, again, we all used to come as a group and we, we made friends of everyone, don't get me wrong, we became part of the, the BST family as, as, as such sort of thing. But one by one, they either left over complications or, the, or they just didn't, they didn't want it anymore. And then you're, and then I'm there, I'm the only one that still trains regularly, to my knowledge, out of the people that I started with sort of thing. And it's a, Right, well, I've taken it this far, and like I, I, I say it like I'm fighting every weekend, and I, I know I'm not, and I know there's been, you know, complications with, with messing up sort of thing outside, and then not being able to fight. But the reason I haven't stopped, I know it's because deep down in me, I promise you now, I, I'm getting hot, 
as I'm thinking about it, I know, I know there's something in this for me, and I know I can, I can, you know, get my hand raised, and I know I can take it as far as I can. And if I can inspire anyone on the on the way, then that's a pot, that that's a bonus. That, that, honestly, it's a bonus. I just, yeah. Well, this is where it's been so sort of inspirational, especially was it Channel Four or ITV, the sort of documentary thing about your training with um cerebral palsy and everything else. I mean, this is where this has really sort of hit home for me as well, especially like hearing your overcoming everything, and and it's not even just like it's a one-off kind of I've overcome it. It's a daily sort of struggle, daily sort of managing it. As much as you've got a positive attitude to it, all, it still is you know yeah. struggling to sign right. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, de- I mean, I mean, you. I'm not putting on a brave face as such, but there's a lot of work that goes behind behind the scenes to keep myself in working order as well. You know, I got, I still got, I still do stretches regularly. I still stretch out um, and all that. And with uh, when it comes to training, I have to, I, I'd like to now properly warm up so that my whole body's you know ready and and I'm you know I'm less risk of injury sort of thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, it. it, it there's a lot of things that go on behind closed doors to keep myself in work and all that at the same time. Yeah. Well, this is something interesting as well. But one thing I wanted to sort of touch on again is when you were then describing your sort of passions behind it all, again, you were, yeah. you're trying to justify things. Who do you think you're doing that for? This sort of, are you about to say something? Then you say, well, I know other certain situations or circumstances have come up. And then it's just curious that you've then gone back to, like you're almost yeah. justifying. Who do you feel you're justifying that for? Is that for you? You know, some in sometimes, yeah. I, I know where you're coming from, and it it sounds like you've got no reason to disbelieve me. You've got no reason. I guess deep down, when it comes to me, and I'm talking about myself, I'm, I'm really disappointed with how things have turned out over the last you know few years. You know. Like I say, I haven't been as active as I wanted to be, um, and at you know a couple of years ago it was, ah, uh, I can't get fights. No one wants to fight me. No one's going to say yes. And then someone said yes, and then I, I didn't make weight, and then there's a problem with that, and I, it, I'm just disappointed with sort of just my attitude because I know when I, I needed. I need to be who I was when I was younger. I need that mind frame back. And I don't know, somewhere along the way, it, it, it was not sort of thing. Um, but my, like I say, I've, I've, I've never stopped training. I've always, you know, kept coming back. And I'm here. I'm here. And this year was meant to be my year. It was meant to be everyone's year. And obviously this this pandemic and unfortunate times, hard times for them and everybody. So everything's got to stop. But yeah. It's just frustrating. Just well, right. well, this is where it gets really interesting still. And again, we can take out whatever we need to at the end of this and, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. But with all this again still, it's almost like the chip on your shoulder was your first kind of fire to sort of your why to then push yourself. And then, I don't know, it, it almost comes across that you've given yourself that chip on your shoulder, that you were then almost so worried about falling to that I don't know how do I explain it you know having the caveat of having a disability I know you don't like using that yeah. word but for, it's just for a easy way of saying it so you've had, you've had that caveat of having a disability to everything you've had that this is my goal for someone who's got a disability it's almost that you're worried about 
falling into that. Not... You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong. This is all just what I'm asking. I don't mean to no. cross any lines or anything. No, 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 no. From let let's take my Channel Four documentary for example. Okay, it you know you watch it from start to finish and it's like, wow, man, that what's he doing now? You know, what what's he doing now? And to me, it's not much, man. Not much. I, I want, but that this is this is where the problem is. I wish that was different. I wish that sometimes, well, well, I wish, I definitely wish that I could just go back and just give myself a kick up the ass for all them times where I, I maybe didn't turn up for training on that particular day. I should have just gone. I should have just gone. And we'd, it'd be a lot different, a lot more di uh, different now. I, I know that for sure. Um, it's going to be a lot of editing to do that because I'm a terrible talker. No, you're not, mate. You're perfectly fine. I'm really enjoying this, but I really appreciate, you know, what it's taken you to sort of have these kind of honest conversations. Yeah, that was my biggest thing today. Like, I, no matter no matter how bad it came across, I don't. I'm I'm trying to be honest so that I'm true to myself because I know that I haven't been the 19 year old uh, boy who was given an opportunity by Channel Four to you know show everybody who he is and what, what he stands for and anything like this. And I've kind of, I've let, I've let him down over the last, you know, the most, re of most recent years. And I, I'm trying to, I really am desperately, desperately trying to pull it back sort of thing. I, I'm, I'm so clear minded now. And like I said, I'm just, I'm just losing that. Take your take, again, mate, take your time. Literally, what I want to tell you now, I want you to listen to this very carefully, okay? Yeah. If you told your 19-year-old self where you are now, there's no two ways you'd be disappointed. The fact you've carried on consistently throughout all like this development and all the hardships and everything else, you've been consistent. So many people can fall off whatever reason and not come back. That in itself yeah. is the most important thing. Regardless of a sort of fight, like the records and the accolades and that kind of stuff. Like I said, how old are you now? I'm 24, man. Oh, 24. no, life ends at 24. You can't do anything after that. So, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I mean? So, I get, yeah. I get where you're coming from, a place of you've got this potential, timelines and all this kind of stuff. But what does that mean? Okay, so say if you say to that 19-year-old, go out and do more and do this kind of stuff. Say you get into a fight that's out of your, like, ability for when you're 20 and you get and you lose that one. Okay, then what? <laughs> that doesn't. That, what does that? What does that mean? What does that achieve? It means it wasn't an appropriate opportunity. If you've been training consistently throughout everything, and like when I say consistently, I don't mean every single day. You know, balls to the wall. I mean you're going to the gym. You know, regularly. You're going to be there doing whatever you're going to do. You're going to have regular breaks. This is a normal process. Yeah. And one thing you need to really take into account is your level of dedication, your commitment. And if you think of, say, the average person. And then you say the average sort of disabled person, and then you say you. Think about how you'd sort of add up with this. So yeah. let's let's scratch that disappointment with whoever you're going to be and this kind of standards that are just I don't know. Because I'll tell you something now, which is going to probably I don't know sting a little bit. You will always be disappointed no matter what it would have been. If you were a world champion now, you'd still be disappointed. Yeah. Especially with that mindset. Yeah. So this is what you need to really start taking into account that you are. 
absolutely smashing it. And this is why I wanted to get you on as well, because you're smashing it, because you are going through what you've gone through and what you're doing today. This is why. Uh, so don't you dare start putting yourself down one little bit. <laughs> it means a lot. I, I, I guess I feel like my mistakes are highlighted because of the opportunities that I've had. You know, I, people train like crazy in that in BST, man. And, and I feel like, why are you recording me, man? Record, record these guys. And I, I get it. I understand these guys haven't got cerebral palsy and they're not, you know, hanging with people who haven't got it. You know, and, and in, I'd, I'd like to say, I'd like to feel like I'm succeeding. Although I haven't been as active, I'm still, like you say, I'm consistently at the gym. I'm the one who's sort of there. I, I understand it. So I've lost it again. I'm speaking nicely and I've just lost it. Take your time. Take your time. Again, you, what you've just done there as well is you've put yourself down saying, oh, these other guys are doing this. The other guys are doing that. I don't care about the other guys. I'll get around to them at some point anyway. It doesn't matter. This is your time. I want you on for your own journey, your own story. I don't need to put fucking the thumbnails of all the rest of the clickbait stuff. There's enough substance from you in yourself to just justify it in itself. And it hasn't got to go anywhere. This conversation cannot be recorded. We can just have this conversation. Because I feel it's so important for you to value what you have not just for the sake of a podcast with tens of twenties of listeners it's for yourself and the way you're viewing yourself because this is it like you're getting flustered you're getting concerned that you're not i don't know of the standard to get on my big significant podcast but you're not <laughs> you've already come you've just covered what literally my one of my concerns you've had some big names on here what you know that i consider big names how am i supposed to follow this you know i i'm uh, I, 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 do, I do see it i do see it and, you know everyone was everyone who's been giving me advice about this is you know just be yourself this is about you you're not you're not them and they're not you and that's as simple as that and it does help to think that but then at the same time my paranoid mind always it's always you know telling me one thing doing the other so the thing with that as well is every episode i do of this thing is unique to that person it's not a carbon copy it's not relating to anyone else this is my opportunity to speak to you it's not you doing me it's it's not me it's not me doing you a favor you're doing me a favor to give me your time to really have this conversation with you I am um, grateful for you taking this time to have this opportunity. I appreciate everything you know that's going on right now because it's not an easy thing to have this kind of conversation. I mean, the fact it's not the sort of you know organic, tight kind of you know interview of one word answers this is an actual conversation. This is what we this, want. This, this but, uh, people will have you know I've not got very like podcast voice as as you know and I'm I'm not as intellectual as most of the people you've had on as well. Like, you know my vocabulary it messes up and I. I sound like an idiot sometimes. Well, most times, right? And this, that is me, okay? That is me. I'm an idiot, yeah? Deep down, I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm a bit, uh, you know, here and there. So, I, yeah, I'm just trying to be as real as I can. But then, yeah, like you say, I'm just getting flustered and everything. So, you're not, yeah. okay, you're, you're not an idiot in the slightest. This is where, again, it's that application is what how you measure intelligence. If you can remember all the names of all the people who've been on these denders on these denders quiz, it doesn't make you fucking clever. Regurgitation <laughs> doesn't make you clever. The fact you've got these sort of skill set 
And if you break down what you've just described about your tie box and why you like it, the camaraderie, the teamwork, understanding your role, applying your skills, developing your skills, all these kind of things. If I told you that's the skills you've got, you'd say, you know what, he's doing all right. So only the fact that it's you, you're putting it down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I get, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I do. I do. I do. No, I, I need to... It's always been a problem, though. I've always... never. I've never been able to beat it. And this is evidence of that sort of thing. I've never been able to just steer away from it and just have a little bit more of a drive with it with, when it comes to things like this. Because I don't... My fear is that I'm coming across fake and I don't it's the last thing I want to be I want to be 100% all the time and like I say as much as I'm struggling to get my words out here and god man you're going to have fun cutting a lot of stuff out but it is me and yeah this is me being real so at least I can say that as much as I'm struggling I am trying to be as genuine as I can well, this is where, this is why it's got so much weight behind so much substance. Because when you have these sort of clean cut people, you don't appreciate what's gone through to make that. So just because it's it's not necessarily you know all sort of smooth or whatever else doesn't mean it's not the same kind of quality, if not more. Again, this is a whole reason why this is so important for for both of us. I feel because I want you to be able to tell your story. I want you to be able to you know really think about what you've achieved and really appreciate what you've achieved because as much as you're might be measuring about something that isn't you haven't achieved yet you need to appreciate how far you've come and you can tell from the start of the whole podcast you were it came across you were worried about what people would say from listening to it that everyone else has to say because it was almost you're worried that if someone called you out on it you'd have a response but mm. but that, that's not what this is about this isn't about you trying to justify things this is about me picking your brain about how you feel, how you interpret things, and just, you know, having a conversation without any agenda, without anyone trying to, you know, slag off anyone. This is purely just to get an insight into your thoughts and your mindset in certain situations and how you've overcome things and how you still overcome things and how you're still achieving things and how you're still the fucking go. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yet, not yet. I'll wait my turn, I'll wait my turn. <laughs> But, no, man, I, I, I really do appreciate it, though. Honestly, it's... Although talking is, is somewhat hard in some cases for me, um, it does mean a lot, man. And, yeah. <laughs> Mate, this is terrible. 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 <laughs> what... Do you have any questions just so I get in the flow i know we've been talking about 20 minutes or so now so good so i, I apologize but yeah okay, sorry so, so don't apologize what i'm gonna do after the fact is i'm gonna give you to this almost raw send it to you beforehand and i want you to tell me what you want me to keep in because certain things i feel are really important to highlight and above all else i want you to be comfortable with what's going to go out i don't want you to feel it's an overshare or something you want to keep to yourself so we'll do that before it goes anywhere else I'll go to a couple of like actual sport-related questions just so we've got extra, you know, <laughs> more sport-specific stuff. But I feel yeah. it's important. I just, I want to, I want to present myself better, and I don't want to be like, I don't want to come across as a stuttery idiot. Man. I, I know you don't. I know. I know. I know. But yeah, I know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Do you get it? Sort of thing. Do you understand? 
I don't think you realise how much I stutter and mumble on a daily basis and how I've had to sort of tie it up since of podcasting. You say these things like, you know, these are the end of the world. It's just a normal thing. I've done like 50 podcasts so far. So that's why I can speak a bit clearer than I have done. That's why I'm not I as was... nervous. <laughs> uh, no, you, you, you had more practice than me, sir. This, this, this is, is it. Person. This is it. Don't worry at all, mate. Don't worry at all. You're smashing it so far. And this is why it's so important. Okay. So we take a quick breath. And we'll go into a few MMA questions, a few tie boxing questions, and then a few sort of like bits and bobs. And then, yeah, again, you can listen to it back afterwards and then we can play around from there, okay? Um, uh, yeah, and, you know, if if you want me to, like, if you want me to talk about something, like we anything that we've just spoken about, I'm happy to do these questions first and then I'll, I'll go back and I'll try and elaborate just so you've got something better. To, to go by because I did have like answers in my head, mental bullet points, and I've just shit all over them. So you know, let's. I think we've just touched yeah, on it there again of this whole worrying about how you can be perceived. I'm going back to square one a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you're worried yeah, about me right. not presenting you in the light you truly are. I'm worried about you know underselling yourself well, and underperforming. Well, Maybe we're back to square one a little bit. <laughs> I don't want people thinking he's got this this, this dude on. He just can't talk. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to be as good as I can for you as well at the same time. But I know I, know I need to relax a little bit. My bad. No, it's not your bad. It's not your bad at all. This is why this is so... I keep saying this is so important. You're doing me a favour. <laughs> this is a podcast. This isn't the be or an end of. This is me having an opportunity with you. You're undervaluing yourself. You... I've. To have your time and have your honesty is invaluable. Do you see what I'm saying? I see what I'm saying. But the fact you yeah, keep putting uh, yourself down saying it's all trying to be the best for me, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate the concern, but the place it's coming from isn't from valuing me, it's from devaluing you. And this is where you need to really understand that you are worth more than what you're portraying. And all that's happening is you're falling into your own issue of achieving your underperformance and getting frustrated. Whereas if you start giving yourself more value, you'll start building up to that instead of falling to it, if you see what I mean. Yeah, no, don't. This is that, getting deep, yeah. fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, man. I know, I know, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. This is possibly my worst trait. Maybe I, <laughs> I, I, I undersell myself when, I, when I, I, I really shouldn't, sort of thing. Like after, but then I don't want. See, I'm telling myself now. I'm sounding like a big-headed twat. See, and this is the thing. I'm battling myself. In my head, and then my words coming out all, all fucking backwards, man. All bad. But yes, question time. Okay. <laughs> no, we'll move sorry, on to, no, don't apologize. Don't apologize. If you're comfortable, we can go on to martial arts questions and we can get a bit more, I don't know, in your comfort zone, we'll say, for lack of a better word. <laughs> yes, mate. Yes, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so one, two. So one thing I wanted to really get into is when it came to your first actual MMA fight, what was the matchmaking like for that? Did you get much of an insight? Did you have a preference of the kind of person you'd get or how did that work out? So it was actually like my my first show fight. Um, Again, it was a no headshot fight uh, right at the last second. Literally five minutes out and they switched it up. But it was a contender's Norwich. Me, me. Uh, both Mernses, Tom and Richard, fought. 
Um, uh, we had about eight fighters that night, and uh, we all lost. We all lost. <laughs> we all lost. We all lost. And um, my my opponent, it, I, I think we weighed in at sort of eighty kilos. So I, I was a I was a big sort of kid, big teenager. I sort of grew out sort of things. Still fairly bit fairly big now, but um, yeah, no. So the 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 matching really, I was just told by Greg that they they'd found me a fight. Um, obviously. I'm buzzing. Um, at the time, it was uh, I was under the impression it was going to be uh, B class, so headshots standing, no headshots on the ground. And so I was like, oh, "Great, great! I'm going to get to again." It was I was going to get to show how well how well I was going to do with the striking. And you know, th- this guy's not going to touch me. I'm going to knock this guy out because I'm really strong, right? And then uh, the first, literally, first few fights come out. I think I was third on. Um, I'm warming up. I'm hitting pads. Feeling really good. I'm really nervous. Like my mum, like I said, my mum was there, my sister was there, I had a few friends there, and uh, no headshots. And I was like, oh. something in my head. Literally, I heard no headshots. I'm gonna lose. This guy's. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose. We fight. Are you ready? Fight. Are you ready? Uh, I walk forward, and this guy charges at me. Charges at me, and I, I've. I'm against the fence. My face is pressed up. They're like, move, move. I couldn't move. Couldn't move. I froze. He threw me to the ground. Just sat on me. And I lost. So that was how my first fight went. Not really. It didn't really go to plan. Uh, but was, that then, not, was that not the plan, was it? <laughs> no, I definitely. <laughs> that wasn't plan A. But, you know, I, again, I think in my head, I was such a... You have to strike. You have to strike. You can't really beat this guy on the ground, you know, type of guy. So if that was my mindset. I think, well, definitely in that fight anyway, obviously, because I lost. The moment he said no headshots in my head, you've lost. So I lost. It, the mind is a really powerful thing, man, when you think about it, man. And something as, as simple as I'm going to win makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. So, regards of that sort of side, it's so underappreciated, that kind of, the amount of weight it has on it. Like, if you miss weight, you think, okay, need sort my nutrition out. But whereas, when it comes to the actual moment, you'll see so many, like, high-profile fighters have the same issue of underperforming on the actual day because of their mind's not in the right place. And that's so Absolutely. important. So, talk to me about post-fights. So obviously, you've had this big pinnacle, a sort of big milestone in your martial arts career in your life as well. And you've come up short because you've let yourself down mentally. How did you go... How did you recover from that afterwards? Uh, not the best. Not the best. Uh, I started... No, it's, it's not... I, I started neglecting the groundwork. This is this is what I'm saying. I wasn't the best student when it came to, you know, jiu-jitsu and all this sort of thing. I didn't do BJJ. I wasn't the, you know, the perfect student in that sense. But I really... I, I loved striking. I loved striking. I'd always be there... I'd be the first to, you know be there at the sparring, I'd miss a couple rounds rolling. I, that, that's how it started, I think. That that was my my steady decline from, you know, lo- loving MMA to the transition and then to the, 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 uh, the K1 tie boxing side of thing. Um, like I said, not to say that I didn't lose, not, not to say that I don't love the sport, because I, I, I do, I love watching it, and man, I could watch, I could watch uh, a jiu-jitsu tournament all day long. It, I find it fascinating. I really do. But well, I guess when it comes to executing the 
executing it myself sort of thing, I, it wasn't as good. Um, and I don't know, my my young mind sort of thought, been that you got good at it. Like I had done with football, basketball and rugby, I wanted to, I guess, eliminate all these things that could potentially highlight, oh, oh hold on, oh, he's struggling because of this. I don't want that. I, that I, and I, to, to this day, I still don't want that. I still, I, I still don't want people thinking that it's limiting me. Sort of thing. So I, I, I did the wrong thing. I guess I, I showed people that it was limiting me, and I moved to toy boxing. But um, yeah, but yeah. This is an interesting thing as well with that kind of vulnerability as well, and this is where it gets really tricky. This, the place it comes from versus the, what you call it, the result it has. Because obviously, people say these things. Some out of concern, some out of just being, you know, doubtful, spiteful people. But also, the result on it is then you then feel almost obligated to do things you don't want to do to try and prove them wrong. Like, if you don't enjoy basketball, for example, like, oh, it's not for me, then you've had the chip on your shoulder saying, oh, if I quit, they'll think it's because of this. And then it's just a bit like, okay, then what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. With, when it comes to, like, the, the, the rolling side of the thing, I... I don't think it's. I don't think I quit because I wasn't good. Because I genuinely believe I was all right on the ground. I, I, I used to be able to catch people here and there, sort of thing, with leg locks and things like that. Uh, I think the level uh, of everyone at the gym put me off at the same time, and it, that really, it shouldn't. It shouldn't have. It should. It should have encouraged me more. It should have encouraged me more. But I'd be getting subbed probably 10 times in like five minutes. I think um, it, it just slowly took its toll. And although it, it, it is counterproductive and, you know, backwards to stop doing something instead of throwing yourself into it and making it better, um, I, I focus more on my striking and I feel like it's come on tenfold since the day I stopped MMA to, to, to presence sort of thing. That's where it gets quite interesting as well. Because again, the usual kind of, the ego battering of getting smashed. You say 10 times in five minutes like it's that bad. You should see my rounds. <laughs> I'll show you how you get smashed properly in five minutes. I'll get tapped left, right and center. Anyway, that's not the point. But yeah, that kind of extra layer it's got almost that for people who are like able-bodied without the same kind of conditions, that kind of ends up, okay, they're better than me at jiu-jitsu. But then you've got this extra layer of they're better than me at jiu-jitsu and it's because of this, but I can't then let that be the only reason that whole mental battle almost that whole justifying okay it's not just that and you have to overcompensate with other areas and all this other it just sounds exhausting really that whole back and forth like emotionally and mentally it it's tiring it, it, it is tiring and I, I, in in some you know in some sense i guess it's the reason i, I stopped because i'm so i was so tired of trying trying to do this to please Ray and Danny sort of thing. I need to do this and do this, but then I need to do striking. Then it's like, but I want to do striking more. And then all this emotional back and forth. And eventually I just stopped. I stopped the MMA sort of thing. And although like, I, I miss it, I do miss it. You know, I, you, you take a break from anything that, that you love doing. Eventually you're going to miss it sort of thing. So I, I, I do miss it. I do miss it. And, uh, I really do. And I, uh, I would like to think I could make a, a, a comeback with it sort of thing and, and go as far as I can sort of thing. Well, this is where it gets even more interesting is that 
I don't know. But the idea of it's been replaced, this kind of chip on your shoulder from trying to prove yourself in Thai boxing when you had that interclub to then transitioning to MMA to then coming back from that loss and then that chip being almost replaced into your grappling. And then it's, all, it's not necessarily gone as such. It seems to be an ongoing thing to manage. If you see what I mean? As, well, as in my love, my love for the MMA side and, and letting, it, letting the grappling hinder that sort of thing. No, in the sense of you wanted to have your Thai boxing match, your interclub, to then prove you could do it. But in turn of that, quote-unquote, I don't know, scratching the itch and that being the chip on your shoulder gone, that process has sort of been... I don't know, that's always going to be there, I feel, but at certain levels, you feel you can achieve it. So that, that Thai boxing match, you got past that that yeah. issue, but there's always going to be that issue at a certain degree in whatever you do. So it seems like you've hit that same wall almost when it comes to grappling and MMA, and then it then deals with how you're going to deal with that in yourself. Because technically and ability-wise, the potential is always going to be there. I guess... I, it, this, yeah, yeah, I would say, I, w- I would probably agree with you, and some people would say, "Well, Jack, Jack's got a lot of potential. He, he really has. He's got got a lot of potential." But then it's he gets in his own way, and it's it's that I uh, don't don't throw yourself into that grappling tournament, Jack, because you know you're going to get served. And it's uh, don't 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 uh, roll, miss a couple of rounds, be ready for the sparring, <laughs> sort of thing. But that that mentality yeah. that I had, yeah, yeah, that's definitely to blame for sure, for sure. Side note: I've been subbed in competitions more than I've had more than I've had hot meals, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. Yeah, me both. <laughs> it's all it's just all part of the sort of process as well, and this is where it gets interesting. Like, how did you find sparring initially? Obviously, coming into the gym, and then people not knowing you, and only on the face value of having a, a disability as it is. Yeah, that that was the biggest thing for me. I mean, like being being young and coming from. Rough and ready and transitioning to BST, being under BST sort of thing. We used to like come once a week and like we we used to like glove up in a corner on our own, like talking, like just us for like leaving all the BST guys up. We didn't know who they were sort of thing. And uh, we, we're going to prove ourselves inspiring because we because we're young and we think oh we have to we have to fight to prove ourselves sort of thing. So sparring would come along. Um, I. I can't. I can't understand. Looking at myself, how people don't don't, don't notice it as such when you're sparring sort of thing. Um, but that's just because it's. I look at myself. You, you spot. You know you. Mm. You know you know you more than anyone else. So I, I can spot where I. Well, I can spot where what that guy's got cerebral palsy. I, I can sort of see it. I see it. I can. I can call it in the streets all the things. So I'm like, uh, it used to surprise me when people didn't clock on as such sort of thing. Uh, with sparring, but uh, I, I I loved it. I loved it, and th- that's like I say, for me when I was younger, that was the best bit about training was the was the was the sparring sort of thing. So yeah, no, it was it was good. This is the sort of purity side of it. Um, one thing before I let you go is what advice would you give to someone else in a similar position, obviously starting martial arts with a form of disability, obviously not enable them to stop entirely, but where they can train with a hindrance. If you see what I mean? Um, and my my advice is that you are you, and you have to present yourself with challenges, and you have to try at least try to overcome them. I, I I'm I'm shit at football, I'm, I'm shit at basketball, I, I'm I'm rubbish at most of the sports that I tried, but 
man, if if you start say if you start a martial art and you love it, stick at it, no matter how hard it is. No one does this because it's fun. We're not baking cookies, man. We're not baking cookies. But stick at it. Have faith in it because um, you you meet a lot of good people. You meet a lot, a lot of good people, and my I feel like I've matured a lot over the last couple of years, and I, it's that is it's down to the people, you know, at the gym, sort of everyone, everyone involved, sort of thing, and yeah, I love it, and I'm sure if you were to start, or if you know you they would start, they'd, they'd enjoy the journey as well, enjoy every aspect of the journey. That's that's something as well, you know that you've got to. Highest highs, lowest lows. Highest highs, lowest lows. It sounds so cliche, but it's true, man. It, it it really is. There's gonna be days where you feel like you can't keep up, and you're gonna get tapped loads, or you're gonna get beat sparring loads. You're gonna lose loads of rounds. But at the end of the day, as long as you're better than who you are, who you were yesterday, happy days. And yeah, definitely. And where can people find you? Where can... <laughs> I need to change my Instagram name, right? Because <laughs> I was like, oh, how's Dan going to promote my, my name? Uh, it's uh, on Facebook, Jack West. That's, that's <laughs> probably best to Facebook me, but yeah, no, I mean, my Instagram is uh, Festus the Cripple. Um, uh, again, the reason, the reason I've used Festus the Cripple is because... I'm comfortable with who I am. And if you're not comfortable with who I am, fuck off. Yeah? Wonderful. That's that. Best just to cripple with a three. F. No, I don't know my own Instagram, man. It's too long. It's, it's all right. I'll, be, I'll put that in the description. Thank you for listening, guys. And this episode has been sponsored by Mauler MMA. Use code FCMMA20 at checkout on MaulerMMA.com for 20% off on all products.